talk. I got to tell what I feel. I got to talk about my life as I see it. Biggie. Hey, Cam, thanks a lot for coming to my school today. No problem, Nate. 
I promise to exercise and eat right. Hey Cam, thanks a lot for coming to my school today. No problem, Nate. I promise to exercise and eat right. Don't forget 60 minutes of play a day, right? And I'll grow up to be big and strong like you. Absolutely. I'm playing the NFL. Yes, sir. And be dressing number one. Maybe. Become the starting quarterback of the Panthers. Okay. You can be my backup. Excuse me? And make Panthers fans forget about you. What? And become your mom's favorite player. Whoa. You don't call yourself a superstar. That's for other people to say. And you don't come out the south side without a few people having your back. Chicago is my home, my love. It's our time. This is a story about my family, my team, my roots. This is a story of D. Rose. And this is only the beginning. I'm all in. <laughs> Welcome to the KIRP Radio Show. Sorry about the technical difficulties, folks, and we had a few things going on here on the show. We actually got started a little bit late, so my apologies. But uh, shout-out to everybody out there who listens to the KLP Radio Show, man. appreciate you guys for calling in. Thanks for everybody for tuning in and listening to the show. Another beautiful evening, man. We got my host, my guest host, Sonny Johnson, coming on here in just a second, always coming in to show a lot of love. And, uh, you know, we got a lot of new listeners, man, out there, so been getting a lot of emails from people out there, been getting a lot of, uh, I don't call it hate mail, I, just, I call it opinion mail, you know what I'm saying? So this this is this show is about the freedom of speech, you know, this show is about a lot of love, this show is about, you know, we do politics, we do real life, you know, we do a lot of things on the show, man, so uh, I'm still tripping off, off the technical difficulties we had. I can't tell y'all how stupid I am, what I, what I didn't do, but anyway, we do a lot of different things on this show, man, so... Uh, a lot of beautiful people come on here. People have their opinions, and opinions are a beautiful thing. I mean, we don't, we don't, uh, we shouldn't shun on opinions. You know, everybody has their opinions on on what they think is the truth and and how they feel about you know whatever topic that's thrown their way. And um, you know, one thing that I've seen out here on a regular basis, especially with the explosive social media. Uh, impact that it has on our folks' lives. It, it, I don't know if you guys pay much attention, but it seems like if, if you're watching the news, right, I've, for the last, I guess, 30 days, I've been watching, like, regular news. I, I'm always reading stuff. I'm always on the blogs and this, that, and, and et cetera. But I've been watching regular news, and I'm only watching news for one thing. Like, I'm not watching for any of the information that they give out. Not really. I mean, sometimes they report stuff that, you know, a substance, but majority of the time, you know, the news is, you know how the news does. But um, I can't escape Facebook, and I can't escape Twitter. Like, this is why I'm watching the news now. I can't, I can't escape Facebook, and I can't escape Twitter. It seems like 
in every every day, every day you're watching the news, every day you're listening to the news, whether it be radio, online, whatever, there's always a reference made to Facebook and a reference made to Twitter. And it, it gets me to wondering because you look at the politicians and they're tweeting. I mean, you look at the entertainers and they're tweeting and they're Facebooking. So it's like everybody in the world has, has like, opened their, their personal lives and, and we can view it through Facebook and Twitter. And what's amazing about this, it's, it's crazy when you really sit down and think about it. I mean, once upon a time, we, we value our privacy. Like, we, we enjoyed our privacy. We, you know, we enjoyed the simple fact that we could lock our door and our neighbor not know what the heck is going on in our house, right? That, that, was, a, that, was, a, that was a lovely thing at one, one point in time. Like, we, we really appreciated the privacy that we had. I mean, it was cool. Like, some people would walk around their house butt naked, eating a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, looking at the neighbors and maybe playing ping pong. I don't know. You know, people just did what they wanted to do in their own house, and it was cool. You know, nobody really cared. You did what you did, and it was cool. But now it seems like with everything that's going on and this influx of social media is that we, and I'm going to say me included, and you guys do it too. Like, I, I know you guys are listening to the show, and you're going, yeah, yeah, he's right. And, but you do it too. Like, we, we all do it. So I don't, I don't know what's going on. Like, I'm, I'm trying to figure out, is it that, is this the norm now? You know, is this the new norm? Is the new norm inviting the rest of the world into your life, into your home, into your life, and, and, and into your children's lives, and into your school, and, and everything? Because let's face it, I mean, keep it real, folks. Like, we, this is keeping it real with Pudgy. You guys know as well as I know, like, some of our moms do it, right? Some of our pops, they do it. Our grandparents, our teachers, you know, everybody. From, from, you know, regular people to entertainers and politicians and so on and so on and so forth. Like, we all do it. We invite people into the most private and personal things in our lives. And I'm just wondering now, like, I, I'm going to ask Sonny, I'm going to bring you on in just one Matter of fact, let's bring Sonny on right now. Can we cue Sonny now? Sonny, what's up? How you doing? What's up, bro? How you doing? Man, I'm cooling. I'm cooling, but I, I got to ask you this question real quick. I, I really want to jump into this. We got Charlotte coming in four minutes. For everybody out there to tune on, tune into the show, just to hear Charlotte tell you guys how to save a couple bucks, or if you just like her voice. I, I like her voice. She's got a radio voice. But anyway, if you guys are still listening for Charlotte, she'll be on here in exactly four minutes and uh, with the StretchingYourBudget.com report. Check out our website, StretchingYourBudget.com. Check it out right now while you listen to the show. Sonny, what's going on with, like, Today, what's going on today that we invite social media and the rest of the world into into our boring lives? Like, what's up with that? No, I think through social media you can invent a life. <laughs> I think that, yeah, that that's the problem. Through social media, you get to be who you choose to let the world see, and not who you really are. And people use that as an escape. You know, it's it's nothing else like like now you you hear whether they're going to be treating whether like tw- Twitter obsession and Facebook obsession are now going to be medical conditions that you got to go to a psychologist and blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All of it is an addiction. You know, and 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 that's the way it needs to be looked at. And through every period of time there has always been something that has been the vice of a time. 
And I think that that's where we are now. And just because it's a vice doesn't mean it has to be good or bad. It has to be controllable, you know. And so that's why, like, personally with me, I check my social media a lot. But I'm not, you know, you're not going to know what I had for lunch on, on my social media. You know, you're not going to know where me and my daughter went shopping today. On my, You know, you're not going to know that. I don't put that stuff on there because it's none of your damn business. But See, that's what's crazy. That's the scary part me, of it because, well, that, that's the scary part of it because, you know, I, okay, at first I thought it was, I thought Twitter was like, okay. You know, I didn't really get into it, but I thought it was cool. Shout out to Quest Love from the Roots. That's who put me on Twitter. He was like, Twitter's going to be, Facebook was popping, MySpace was going away a little bit. He said Twitter will be the biggest social media tool in the, of the future, right? And this has been some years ago. So here we are, Twitter and Facebook, neck and neck, doing their thing. But they both seem to control folks' lives because, let's face it, there's a lot of people out here living regular. I mean, I'm living regular. A lot of other people, we live in regular. Some of us check the check. Some of us don't get a check. You know, we just go to the store. We go to McDonald's like regular folks. We eat a cheeseburger like regular folks whatever, but it seems like that's changing for regular people because as I scroll through this social media, I'm seeing regular folks either imitate, try to do, or are attempting to do what they see some of the, these outlandish things that some of these celebrities do, and it's it's becoming reckless. It's becoming reckless. Like you got the drug involvement, you got the splurging, and, and that's the part that kills me. Like you know, people can't make their Utility bill, but they're going to go buy some Louis Vuitton shoes when the tax papers come in because, you know, their favorite celebrity did it. And then they go Instagram it or take a picture of it, and then it's on Twitter, and, you know, they feel like they've arrived. So I'm wondering, I know we got to go to Charlotte here in just a second, but I'm wondering, is that what's really going on? I mean, is, is this what the way that the future is going to be like? You know, is privacy done away with? Is, you know, is this where we are? So... Sonny, we'll talk about that a little bit. And, uh, you know, the topic of the show for everybody out there that knows that listened to last week's show, shout out to Major Dave for coming on getting busy. Sonny, that's your new man. I know you like Major Dave. Oh, yeah, I like Major Dave. (laughs) Shout out to Major Dave, man, you know, running for uh, Republican vice chair up here in North Carolina, man. He he said he's got some plans to do some big things. I don't know. We'll see. Sounds good. But, uh, listen, one minute, man, you listen to the KRP Radio Show. We'll be right back. With Charlotte from StretchingYourBudget.com in about one minute, maybe 30 seconds, maybe 60 seconds. Check out this ad from Adidas, man. Adidas, D-Rose, we wish you was back, homie, but you're not, so we'll be right back. You don't call yourself a superstar. That's for other people to say. And you don't come out the south side without a few people having your back. Chicago is my home. My love. It's our time. This is a story about my family, my team, my roots. This is a story of D Rose. And this only the beginning.
KIRP Radio Show, baby, 619-638-8559. Hit number one if you got a comment. You got your boy Pudgy, at NC Pudgy on Twitter. You can check the show out on Twitter also. You know, I'm, I'm inviting you guys into our life. At Simple KIRP Radio Show. We're also on that evil Facebook. It's Facebook.com backslash KIRP Radio Show. Look for us. We out there, man. We're on iTunes. We're all over the place, man. We're we definitely getting busy. Also, check Sonny out on Twitter. It's at symbol Sonny with a S-O-N-N-I-E Johnson. Put it together. Sonny Johnson. Find her on Twitter. Send all your K-I-R-P complaints to at symbol Sonny Johnson on Twitter. Uh-huh. Yeah, y'all want to do that. <laughs> y'all, y'all, y'all really don't want to do that. I, I'm, yeah, I'm a Christian, but I'm far from a saint, so y'all better send that hate mail to Pete. <laughs> And send all your hate mail to krrpradio at gmail.com, man. We do what we do. We keep it real. Welcome to the show, and it is that time of the evening for the lovely Charlotte Holder from stretchingyourbudget.com. Charlotte, what's up? Hey, how's it going? I'm good, man. I'm excellent. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing good. Well, Charlotte, I got to tell you about this and Sunny. You know, at the top of the show, we got a little bit of new equipment going on in here. I don't have a, a, a producer on hand. It's just me. Max is going to home. Shout out to home, baby. Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> I just I had the mute button pushed. Yeah, the mute button was pushed. And I was getting all sorts of emails and texts from people saying that you can't hear anything. So that's my stupid moment of the week. I thought I would share it with you guys. I was in here sweating bullets. Probably lost a couple pounds real quick, but, you know, that's cool. So what do you think about that? It's okay. It happens. See, Charlie. You don't have those moments. You're supposed to win in, but it's cool. You're so nice. <laughs> See, Charlotte, What's up, over there, Charlotte? Buddy. How are you doing this weekend? I'm doing pretty good. Today's actually my birthday. Hey, happy, happy birthday. birthday. Happy birthday. Charlotte, do we need to sing happy? <laughs> happy birthday. Okay, I'm not too great at Oh, that. I'm about to say I don't sing. You know better than that. I don't know either, so it's okay. <laughs> Man, I'm sending you a fist the air. <laughs> okay, then you must have reached that in. Well, happy birthday. I hope it was enjoyable. Yeah, it was pretty good. Spent the day with the family. And the weather's not very enjoyable, so that kind of stuff, but. Okay. Charlotte, let me ask you. I mean, it's your birthday, and. I'm sure you did something for your birthday, you know. Like I, I don't know what you did, but I'm sure you did something. But can you give these folks a birthday rendition of what StretchingYourBudget.com does? About what I do for my birthday? Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm a pretty boring person, so it's not like it's going to be an exciting tale. But I got to go spend the day with my mom yesterday, so that was nice. Nice. Went to the park. Went to uh, my favorite restaurant for lunch today. Nice. Um, yeah. So, and my my biggest excitement is, and I'm like a nerd for liking this, but a KitchenAid stand mixer. That was the one thing I wanted. My mom got it for me, so that was uh, the highlight of my day. Sounds like a good birthday. I mean, you know, and I knew you were going to say something about food, and I know that there's people that tune into the show just to hear you do this and how to, you know, teach them how to save money and live more frugal. I mean, that's your thing. That's what you do every day of 
the year, and we definitely appreciate you doing that. But uh, did you use a coupon on your birthday today? No, but I did look for one before I went. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> <laughs> Is there any my my favorite you restaurant usually sends me a coupon in my email, and it was not there, and I was really bummed. Right. So I went online, of course, and looked to see if I could find one, but I could not. So, no, I did not get to use the coupon today, but I did look. So well, Charlotte, I practice what I, don't I preach. You, well, listen, I don't – yeah, we definitely know that by now. I know folks have been listening for the last couple of years, and they know you practice what you preach. But, um, <laughs> listen, I, I know that there's a lot of people listening to the show, and, and it is your birthday, so I don't want to keep you long. But I do want to ask you a question since other folks, you know, have called in and have sent mail in the past, and they ask, um, you know, how do you begin couponing? So if you could, if you don't have anything prepared, if you could just give us a, you know, a quick five-minute, um, you know, introduction to couponing for a lot of people out there because, you know, with the prices going up, expenses going up, gas is, is high and it's stuck there, you know, a lot of people don't have extra cash, so... You know, I'm using coupons, and any time I can save an extra 5 10 15 bucks, it's definitely a plus for me. So if you can help these folks out, that'd be wonderful. Yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> I kind of have four rules that I've kind of come up with that I teach all beginners on couponing. Um, first of all, you can go on our website, stretchingyourbudget.com, and click on the Beginners tab, and it's just across the top of the, the, web, the website there. And it'll give you these four categories in a little more detail. So um, this is a little short, brief thing. You can find out more information on there. So for all the beginners, check out the beginners tab. We also have the resources tab with um, links to coupons that you can print online. So for those of you who don't have any coupons, you can still start out with some printable coupons. Um, so first of all, you want to... Well, first of all, you want to start getting the Sunday newspaper um, or Saturday if your area carries the coupons in the Saturday paper. So you'll just need to check your local newsstand, find out when your coupons come in the paper. Typically, it's Sunday, so. Um, and then you want to start clipping and fi finding some way to organize. So, um, one of the one of the rules that I give you is to organize your coupons. This for me, is probably the most important because um, it saves you time on the back end. It will, um, you know, take you some time to get used to. Finding the right method, that's key. And we have a list of those methods on our website, the different ways you can organize your coupons. But um, finding the method that works best, best for your lifestyle. But, you know, I find that if I clip and organize all my coupons, I do the baseball card method. Um, that it's just easier for me when I'm in the store. I'm not thumbing for, through a bunch of coupons. And, you know, if I've got my kids, that takes even more time. So for me, it's easier just to have them all organized by category. I can just easily pull out the coupon that I need and so forth. So um, biggest thing, get your coupons, get them organized, um, and you'll find that you'll be less frustrated in the, in the long run. Um, and then the next thing you want to do is to find your, um, you know, sales, which most 
grocery stores come out on Wednesday. Some come out on start the sales week on Sunday. Um, our local stores start on Wednesday, but there are other stores in different um, states that start on Sunday. So just find out when your sales start. Um, we do we cover our local grocery store, stores here, and I do all the coupon matchups for you. Um, but if you have a store that that we don't cover, then you just want to get the sales flyer and find the um, you know sales price and match your coupons up with the sales. So you're trying to maximize your savings by buying when the item's on sale at as low as possible point and then using the coupon also. You also want to check to see if your store will double coupons. A lot of stores are doing that now, so that's another way to maximize your savings. I choose to go to stores that do double so that I'm automatically walking in and they're paying me basically to come into the store. So um, that's the next thing. Then you want to prove, um, you know, I am always a big giver. That's kind of what I push also. It's not about just saving money and hoarding, um, which you can tend to do with couponing. So we um, really push giving. Um, just today there was a need in our in our church for a, in a young single mom, and she just moved here and didn't have anything. So I got an email asking if I could give any food. So I just went in my stockpile, loaded up a box, and took it to church. So um, there's always food there for my family and for plenty of others. So that's the one thing I love about couponing is the ability to give back without really spending anything at all. So it's really the biggest way that you can donate and give to charitable organizations without even having to take any money out of your pocket. So Because um, a lot of the items I get for free are really cheap. So it's just my time, but I'm already there, so no big deal. Um, so giving back is huge um, in my book. So those are just a few of the quick tips. But, I mean, basically when you're starting out, you want to to locate coupons. And the biggest two resources are from Sunday Papers and Printable Resources Online, which, again, we um, give you links to all the printable location sites there are out there. So. Those are the biggest things to get you started. You know, I, I heard you say stockpile, right? You said you went in your stockpile. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the, the most um, debatable topics today because, you know, when you have some people talking about saving money and then you have, then you have other people talking about, you know, uh, the end of the world, those, that topic <laughs> kind, of, uh, kind of clashes. So what's the, what's the to you? You know, in in your opinion, what's the thing that I'll say regular folks? Because you know, I'm not talking about the people who are preparing for doomsday. But what would you recommend in terms of someone stockpiling things or, or saving things? You know, for a rainy day or what may have you. Well, the biggest thing that you learn when you coupon is um, to stockpile. Stockpile is basically what it sounds like you're buying in bulk and stocking up on items. So yes, those doomsdays are you know due to Doomsday people, they stockpile too. But ours is a stockpile for, um, you know, your food and things you use on a daily basis. So basically, food items, um, your non-perishable type food items, go on a sales cycle of about six to eight weeks in your store, and they're going to hit a lowest price 
point within that six to eight weeks. So let's say cereal because that's a big item that most people buy. And you're going to see within that six to eight week if you start watching it, um, it'll go on sale, but you'll see at one point it's going to drop and hit a low price which is what we call, you know, a price point that we want, a target price point. So that's what, when you're starting out, your goal is to kind of figure out what a target price is for something that you use all the time. And then you're going to want to buy in multiples because it's going to be another six to eight weeks before it goes on sale. And you don't want to buy one at the really low price and then the next week you run out of that box and have to go pay full price for it. So we call we build our stockpile by purchasing enough of that item to get you through to its next lowest sell point. Um, to do that, a lot of people are like, well, how do I do that if I just have one coupon? That's a good question. So the rule of thumb is to get one, you know, newspaper, one set of coupons per member of your household plus one. So if you have five members in your home, you want to get six newspapers. That typically allows for enough of that item to be bought during that six to eight week time span. You know, if it's a if it's an item like cereal and your family goes through two a week, there's always printable coupons that you can find online. Um, so you're not having to buy so many papers. You can also purchase coupons online. There's just a lot of ways to get coupons in addition to. So, but if you stick to that rule of thumb when you're starting out, that's typically um, you know, a good amount. So when you're shopping, you're gonna your grocery cart is going to look start looking odd. Most people have stuff to prepare a meal for the week or something, and and my grocery cart just looks like whatever is free or cheap that week, and then a few non-perishable excuse me perishable items. So it's always um, different, but your goal is to build your stockpile. I mean that's ultimately what you want to do. So um, it's not like we're preparing for doomsday, but we're preparing in a way that so we're not rushing out to the store when we need something. You know, I just go down into my stockpile and it's there. When I run out, it's, I've already got it because I've bought ahead. So I'm never paying full price for anything pretty much because I just prepare ahead and I buy it when it's at its lowest price. So, well, that I, I love the stockpile. I mean, it, it makes perfect sense. I think a lot of people can benefit from that from that information, and uh, you definitely added uh, a, a thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands, or possibly millions of people um, to the listener base since you know you've talked about that last. So, you know, I hope that helps somebody out there, and it was a benefit to somebody. Hope you guys made some notes, and remember to get your stockpiles up. And by the way, I'm not knocking anybody who's doomsday prepping. Okay, you got to put that out there because I'm, I'm doomsday. I mean, I'll be prepared too. Either way you look at it, I'm prepared for my life now, or I'll be prepared if uh, something happens. So. Hey, look, man. I think I think a great rule of thumb is you know five five weeks, at least five weeks of food if you can afford it. Five months of food and supplies mm-hmm. and water, or you know whatever you can do, man. You got to protect yourself. So you never know what's going to happen out here, man. You might get put in a situation where you can't get out to get some of those supplies. So. That's definitely P-I-G, Charlotte, the birthday girl. <laughs> I was always told not to ask a woman her age, but... I've never cared, so... I have one more year until I'm 30. Hot dog, Charlotte, man. That's what's up. You should have said 21. You could have got away with it tonight. 
Well, my husband yeah. joked and said, oh, you're going to be the big 3A next year. I said, nope, I'm going to be 29 for the rest of my life. <laughs> hey, so. you can stay 29 for the rest of your life, so can I. I just got to cut all the gray hair off. That's what hair color's for. <laughs> Man, hair color for men. I never thought, I forget about that. I'm out of here. Look, man, Charlotte, any shout-outs? Um, shout-out to my mom for making my birthday special yesterday. And B.I.G., shout-out to your mom. B.I.G., shout-out to you. 619-638-8559. Hit number one if you got a comment. When we come back after this commercial, we'll take a couple calls. This first segment, we just got one thing to ask y'all out there. What in the world makes us want to tell our personal business the things that other people shouldn't know and really don't want to know on social media. 619-638-8559. You're rocking with the KRRP radio show. Sunny and Pete will be right back in just a flash, and we're going to talk about a little bit more on this social media. And then we're going to get on the alphabet boys. You're rocking with the number one black conservative radio show, Southeastern United States, and we keep it B-I-G, baby. We'll be right back. Sixty thousand North Carolina families are affected by autism. One out of every one hundred ten children born today will be diagnosed with autism. If you have any questions or need support, we can help. The Autism Society of North Carolina can be reached at 800-442-2762. Again, that's 800-442-2762. Remember, 60,000 North Carolina families are affected by autism, and one out of every 110 children born will be diagnosed with autism as well. If you need to reach them by the web... The address is www.autismsociety-nc.org. You can also reach them on Facebook, Twitter, and you can reach them on YouTube. Love somebody today. Sound Shoe, the number one online music tournament, encompasses seven different genres, including hip-hop, R&B, country, reggae, reggaeton, pop, rock, and gospel. Music artists, log on to SoundChew.com to compete for a chance to have exclusive access to music listeners across the globe. Build relationships with other music artists and music professionals, plus maximize your exposure and gain worldwide attention. Music listeners, log on now to enjoy new music from up-and-coming artists, then Vote for the songs you like best to ensure that your favorite artist wins. Also, check out the latest in music news. Music execs and producers scout music talent to find your next big star. Musicians and voters, sign up for SoundChew today. That's www.soundchew.com. S-O-U-N-D-C-H-E-W. Once again, that's www.soundchew.com, the number one online music tournament. It is my mission to create brand stories for you that push the envelope, force people to stop, think, and take notice. Ride with you on your journey to success by creating great design, 
that makes you look like the originator and not an imitator, get you out of your comfort zone, inspire you to take action, be risky, and always stay true to your passion. Tiffany Inc. is located in Los Angeles, California. Tiffany Inc. specializes in designs, creative brands for the entertainment, fashion, beauty, and food industry. Some past and present clients include Jill Osco, J&K Fresh LLC, Celebrity Chef Nikki Shaw, Teen and Family Producer Doreen Spencer, the National Association of Veterans, the Alzheimer's Association, and a host of fantastic others. To contact Tiffany Inc., all you have to do is log on to www.tiffanywithaniinc.com. who mean well, 
you know, a lot of people who want to tell them things that, you know, are helpful, but the majority of the time they aren't too helpful. You know, it ends up being a, a, a pity party or, you know, sometimes people can give you the wrong advice that spawn, that makes you do something else reckless or makes you do something that could really hurt yourself. And we see it time after time again. Uh, we're going to go to a call out of the 336, uh, last three digits, 802. You're on the air with Sonny and Fuzzy. How are you? Yo, what up, fool? Hey, man, how are you? What up, P? All right, what's good, baby? How are you? Tell him, man. Tell him. I'm sitting here listening to you. Um, listen to your topic, and I know, man. We, you know, we done had our discussions on how that goes as far as uh, you know, social media, and like you said, people seeking attention or seeking help or seeking some type of, uh, you know, understanding of what they're going through. And a lot of times, man, I guess some people may use it as their own little personal diary. At sometimes, you know, people never have someone to talk to, so they, you know, they get feedback from everybody. But you know, I think. Sometimes they get too personal with it, as is it, many is you it always a, say. Is it a – what do you think – for everybody out there who, who don't know who uh, Rashad is, welcome to the show, Rashad Woods, Love and Father Society, Fifi, my partner in what we do. Uh, I love being a black father, Love and Father Society. We do a lot of things out there for the community, kids, and what may have you. Well, let me ask you this, man. As as an adult to a child, like if you – you got teenagers, right, and – you know, all these teenagers are on these social media sites as well. And and Lord knows I see a whole lot of teenagers, you know, talking as, as reckless as they can get. Not as they're allowed to, but, I mean, they really go in and they're really talking about stuff that a lot of the times things that they shouldn't even know about yet, you know, depending on their age group. But what scares me and, and, and what I'm seeing is, you know, you got a 14-year-old, let's say, on Facebook, and then you got their mom, which could be, you know, anywhere from 26 on up to whatever. And when those two worlds collapsed, I know because I've had folks that have added me on, let's say, Facebook that are the brother or sister of someone that I grew up with or possibly their mom or their grandmother or something like that. So when those worlds collapse, you know, in a place that don't have any limitations, you know, what happens? I think because um, I, I run into you know uh, mothers and kids, it when parents don't make it known that you know they're still a parent, and they get on the social media sites and you know display talk how they talk or you know say certain things, and then you have the child also on that same social media site and uh, see how their parents talk. You can't. It makes a division within the home because you you can't say you know it goes back to that do what I say not as I do you get what I'm saying so you know what comes... <laughs> I've been quiet I've been quiet for a second because y'all been all nice I ain't gonna be all nice on this one grow the hell up I mean it, it's really it's really just that simple if you have problems in your life do not run to social media. I don't care if you need a helping hand, a little um, pinch on the back, whatever it is you need. Go out in real life and figure out how to how to fix it. It is not a crutch. It is not a a run to to make yourself instantly feel better or to check for fifteen minutes to see who liked something you said and think that thought you was awful and insightful. Get real. <laughs> Getting lost. And no, no, even like okay, I like the prayers. 
you know, send a prayer out for uh, this girl. She's in the hospital. Okay, I I, I do that. I'll, I'll admit, I sit and do it sometimes for an hour or two, just strolling through it. Every time I see one, I'll try to pray for the person. I do it. But don't tell me that I need to... Uh, post this on my wall or God's not going to love me and think that I'm supposed to do that and then somehow boast that as your Christian duty for the day. It is just ridiculous what they're using social media for. And as long as we're, oh, you can be nice. No, you can't be nice. Grow the hell up. And as far as being a parent, as an adult, you have every single right to be on Twitter, to post on Twitter as you see fit, whatever it is you see fit to do. When it comes to your child, you teach your child at this point, it ain't none of your business what mama doing on Twitter because you ain't grown yet. When you get grown, you can do what you want. You make it an issue where when you're out of my house, when you have your own computer, when you are paying for your own Internet service, you can write what you want to write on your Facebook and your Twitter. It is not for us to censor our lives, to make their lives like the perfect role model. No, you got to live, you got to learn, you got to fall down, and you are not going to run to Twitter as a way to redeem yourself. And that has to be taught now. We shouldn't turn our backs from it. Instead, let our children see it, let them face it, let them understand. You're not going to get your problems solved by running to Twitter or by running to Facebook. And your little fake thousand friends that you got, don't none of them really care about you. And when all your life starts crumbling apart, they are not going to be the ones that are there to help you fix it. So you need to get out into the real life and find some real people to really nurture you, to really be your backbone, and then start leaning on them. And then you won't find the need to put so much personal stuff on the Facebook or Twitter. Grow the hell up. Not finding the need to, to put this stuff on there. I think I think collectively, though, I, I believe we all think that it's just a, a bad idea to do that and that everybody should grow up. But the fact remains is that people aren't. You know, people are growing up. People are posting this stuff on Facebook and Twitter. People are living their lives. And, and this is a real problem because the news reports it. People get well, fired. No, well, this is, this people is, are going to jail behind this. Politicians are exactly, losing their lives and behind this stuff. So it's real. For your actions. This is if if anything that we have not learned in this country, it is personal responsibility. Well, with social networking, you find out that there are consequences for your actions. If you want to get on social networking and act like a nutball and say things about your boss, there are consequences for your actions when you get fired. If you want to talk about blowing something up somewhere, somehow, on a social networking because you think it makes you look cool, there are consequences for your actions when fans come knocking at your door. If you are 16, 17 years old and you want to put a video on talking about how much of a thug you are, there are consequences for your action when your father sees that video and beats the crap out of you on TV to let everybody see you are not a thug. You meet consequences of your actions on this. And that's why it's not, you don't give people, I can't give people a pity party. I never give people a pity party. If you sitting there and you feeling sorry for yourself, I stroll right past you on social networking. Because you're not living in reality. Anything I say is going to go into your ego. It's not going to go into your heart because you don't know me for real. You have no contact with me for real. 
And that's what is missing. It is social interaction. People need to learn how to talk to people face-to-face and not have to use the crutch of social networking. And I say let them do it and let them get burned. Let them get burned enough time so they'll learn better to stop it. And maybe we'll have a generation coming up that actually understands the importance of having some secrets that you keep to yourself. I think it's, I think it's only going to get worse, but... Um, I do disagree as far as you saying um, the parent and say for instance a parent and a child is like they're on the same so, social network, and the parent says, "Well, look, I can post what I want, but you can't post anything, or you can't, you know, feel any type of way about that." I mean, you have to have a level of respect for yourself to know that okay, I have my child here; he's on Facebook now. My child follows me on Twitter or whatever, whatever. Let but me, you can monitor that, and you can, as a parent in your own mind monitor that, but I'm talking about giving that to your child as an excuse. Like, I'm not going to tell my daughter, um, I'm going to I'm gonna watch what I say on Twitter. No, I'm not going to tell her that, even though that's nope. something that I do by choice anyway. I'm not going to even give her that as an option. It's not your business as a child. I remember when we were growing up, and my, and my, um, my grandmother and them used to have Card night, and you know they used to all get together and they would play um, oh, yeah. rock, hey. or whatever, play quarter hand, whatever, and they'd sit there and play, and they would have grown up talk. They didn't censor what they say because we happen to walk through the room. Our job as children was to keep it moving, and I and we didn't stop and listen, and we didn't pay attention. Our our job as children was to stay in our place. And that is something that we need to te- uh, teach our children. It's not to say that you go out. I'm not going to go out and put on booty shirts and a halter top and then put it on Facebook and then tell my daughter that she can't do it. I have more respect for myself than that. But if I wanted to, it's not her business to stop me because she is a child. And that's what she needs to understand until she gets of age that she's out of my house she will do what I say. I'm sorry. I'm in some kind of mood tonight. I, you are, I listen, I get that. I, I get that. But I remember growing up in the time, in that same time where the adults just told us to go in that room and play. We're in here. You know what I mean? And I think if parents can't do that with their children, like, first of all, listen, if, if you're a parent, for real, for real, I mean, outside of all this radio show stuff, if you're a parent, right, it's up to you to allow your child to get in your space in the first place. And once you allow right. a child in an adult space, hey, more power to both of y'all because that's going to clash and that's going to be a problem one day about something. But my thing is, if you're a parent, you shouldn't allow your child to be in a situation where they're seeing things that they can't absorb or things that they can't forecast the right way. Because let's keep it 100. Look at Facebook and Twitter. You got your kids on here, and if they don't, under, if you didn't teach them already, you know how to avoid certain things and be around certain things, they're gonna see all sorts of porn, this, that, and the third. They're gonna be in this computer full fledged. So it's, it's, at the end of the day, it's the parents' fault. No matter how you look at it, you know, no matter how you look at it, it's the parents' fault. But when your child gets of age now to be within your world or, or your child is a young adult or a teenager and you feel that they can be on the social media site with you, you do have a love. It's, it is up to you to be respectful. Like, you got to, Sonny, you do it. And all parents should do it. You know what I mean? They should live up to 
some sort of standard. You can't but be that's talking the, the question no is. That's not the question. The question is, you hold yourself to a standard. The question is, do you give that standard to your child as a qualification for why they they can't do something? You get what I'm saying? Like, you should, like you should. if I chose to go out and, and put on something skimpy and put it all on Facebook, does that didn't give you the right to do it? As a child who lives in my house, no, it doesn't. And that's the point I'm making. The point I'm making was, like, the, the parents, we used to have to go in the other room, but we had to pass through the big room to get to the kitchen. So you, you, you saw stuff. You heard stuff you weren't supposed to hear. You saw stuff that, that you weren't supposed to see. You kept it moving. You went and got what you needed to get, and then you got back where you needed to be. <laughs> And Absolutely. that's just the point of what I'm saying is that that respect was drilled into us. If you had, I mean, just think about what you're taking away from your kids by not giving them that boundary. That they can even come to you and with the nerve of saying, well, you do it. Excuse me? I pay bills too. You want to try that? Well, see, I, I, I mean, know kids aren't going to say you, well, most kids aren't going to say you do it. They're just gonna do it, and then you're, and then they're still gonna wonder like, okay, where you get that from? Well, I saw you do it, so I figured it was all good. Like, no, this 2013, like this was gonna happen. Hey, we no, that's that. We snuck and did it. We snuck and did it. That's when yeah. exactly. No, but okay, put it this way. I snuck and did it from my parents, but there was certain adults that knew what I was doing because these were the adults who told me stuff up front. So I was yeah. comfortable enough telling them stuff that I was doing. And it, it, it goes back to that same point of when you put the the boundaries of not talking to your kids. So whether you're not talking to them and you're doing it or you're not talking to them and you're not doing it, either way you're doing them a disservice. Either way you need to talk to them and let them know that these are the standards, these are the rules, whether you're on Facebook or not. Because even think about it, what if they're not invading your space? What if you're not on Facebook or you're not on Twitter? Then how do you teach them what is and is not appropriate for Twitter and Facebook? Absolutely. I'm an advocate of that. I'm definitely on board there because I think Rashad and myself both, when we're places live, I'm always saying, like, you're the fool for not listening to this music but allowing your kids to listen to it. Like, exactly. you're the fool for not paying attention to what's going on. I always, I'm, a, I'm definitely an advocate of that. But I, you know what? When, when, my, when my mom and when I was over at my dad's house, when him and his buddies got together and it was, it was past bedtime, you know, they sent us off to bed, tuck us in, good night, whatever. And, man, I hear that music pumping that Al Green in the background. I sneak, man, and crack the door, and I see that joint getting rolled, man. It, man, it needs to be on and popping, and that's how I learned how to roll a joint. And then I saw that beer can there in the, in the garbage or whatever. That's what I knew what a bull beer was, and I, it made me want to do it. And then as a parent, at that moment, I was told by my mother what it was. You know, that's that's what I'm saying is that, you can hide those moments from your kids if you want, but one day kid go, your kid will go over your um over auntie house or they will be at grandma's house or they're gonna be somewhere and they're gonna see something, and you yeah. think you're protecting them by you not doing it, but when you're you're not giving them the conversation 
I have conversations about my daughter about stuff that I know she hasn't seen before, but it's not the point of that. It's the point of me opening lines of discussion so that she knows that everything is open for us to talk about. And about on every subject, we have some sort of boundaries already in place, even though there are issues that we don't have to deal with at the moment. My daughter isn't on Facebook. She isn't on Twitter. And I think that with her not on Facebook and not on Twitter, I hold myself to a respectable level on on, on social on social networking, on social media. But that will not be the excuse that I tell her that she better not put no pictures up that I don't approve of. It's not going to be because I do something good. It's going to be because she needs to learn that there will be consequences of her actions if she does these things. And that is an open conversation that we need to not run from. And as parents, we need to make sure that we're not waiting for the pictures to go up to have the conversation with our kids. That's a fact. I I definitely agree with that. You you definitely got to communicate with your children. You definitely. But I also say it's a two-way street. Like, you got to live it. You gotta, they got to avoid it. You don't want to put your kids in harm's way. They don't need to see it, and you definitely shouldn't do it, especially if your kids are of age. It's, it's of age to be able to see it without you monitoring it. I mean, sometimes you got to figure out who's going to be the adult, who's going to be the child, but definitely you want to have the conversation, and the conversation is definitely key. Sorry you couldn't have said it better. Conversate, 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 communicate with your children. You have to do that, folks. 658, I'm sorry, 658, 858 p.m. on the East Coast, 619-638-8559. Hit number one if you got a comment. When we come back in this next segment, produced by yours truly, Sonny Johnson, talking about the Alphabet Boys, man. Sonny, what's the Alphabet Boys? Well, they're, they're at, when, growing up, there was the good Alphabet Boys. Well, not the good. We didn't consider them to be good. They were, they were what we what call the Alphabet do? Boys. NYPD, LAPD, yeah, you know, any any of the alphabets, you put them together, and they were the alphabet boys. Well, today we're facing more of the criminal element of the alphabet boys. So it's with KKK, MS, um, MSB, which is the Muslim Suicide Bomber, um, and the Bitch Moaners and Whiners, BMW, to borrow a phrase from Larry Elder. They're all wreaking havoc right now. They're all causing hate. They're all causing distrust. And they're all causing fear. But even worse than that, they're spreading ignorance. So you can only cure ignorance with information. So here we go with ABCs. All right. Right after this message, we'll be right back. You listen to the KRP radio show, the number one black service show, Southeast of the United States. We are well over 10 million. I'm tired of counting. We're doing it big. We'll be right back. How many more innocent people? How many more? How many more? What has been the number one cause of unnatural death in history? Democide, or death by government, has killed 290 million people on record. Look it up. Go look it up. In the 20th century, government murdered four times as many people as were killed in all the international and domestic wars combined. USSR, 61,911,000 people killed. Hitler's Germany. 
nearly 21 million people killed. Japan's imperialism, nearly 6 million people killed. Western colonization killed over 50 million people. Pol Pot's Cambodia, funded by the U.S. government, 2 million people killed. China's Communist Party, as many as 76 million people killed between 1949 and 1987. And the list goes on and on. Demand to know why the Department of Homeland Security bought more than 1.6 billion hollow point bullets. How many more people does government have to kill? Enough. Enough. Demand an end to citizen disarmament. As an American. As an American citizen. As a patriot. For your children. Enough of the people laying down and letting government kill them in mass after disarming them as they've done throughout history over and over again. Now is the time. It's time. It's time to realize that when the government takes your guns, people die. It's time to realize the biggest threat to you and your family is government. It's time to recognize government is the greatest killer of all time. Demand they show you the word hunting in the Second Amendment. Demand our politicians uphold the Constitution and Bill of Rights as they swore to when they took office. It's time for our leaders to read the Constitution. It's time for our leaders to obey the Constitution. The Constitution. The Constitution. Because a well-regulated militia with 10-round magazines wouldn't last very long. So now you know the most dangerous thing to you and your family in the world is government. Because mass murder. Stationery is an online indie department store born with the ideology, community, and self. We believe that a garment or accessory created by an independent designer can do more for our community on a deeper level. The ability to wear someone's imagination is a beautiful event. Purchasing independent means wearing something unique while supporting those around you. The designers you support could very well be your neighbors, friends, and family. Embrace your indie state of mind. Shop indie. www.dechri.com Stay Cherie. For all your trucking needs, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. That's Allen's Trucking LLC, owner Brian Allen and BA Welding Incorporated. For all your trucking or your welding needs or transportation needs across the country, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC out of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Their number is 919-426-5455. Again, 919-426-5455. If you have transportation needs and you need to get your equipment there on time, make sure you contact Allen's Trucking LLC. Remember this number, 9.8. That's not the time on the shot clock or the seconds left in the game. It's not the number of times I will light you up. Nah, 9.8 isn't any of that. It's ounces. And that makes this the life of K-I-R-P
back, welcome back, welcome back to the KIRP Radio Show. Sonny Johnson, at Sonny Johnson on Twitter. Fudgy Miller, at NC Fudgy on Twitter, at KIRP Radio Show. Also check us out on Facebook. It's facebook.com backslash KIRP Radio Show. Make sure you like the page, by the way. Leave us a comment. Do whatever you do. We're also on iTunes for all you iPhones listeners out there. And uh, you can also check us out on the website, which is KIRPRadioShow.com. And uh, let us know what you think. Send us an email, blog, tweet, whatever you do. We'll definitely try to get back to you. Talking about the Alphabet Boys, produced by none other than Sonny Johnson. She's going to take the flow, and I'm going to be right on her wing in case somebody try to act up. Yeah. With everything, everything that's been going on lately, you know, it's it's hard not to be looking, not to look despairingly. And for the last couple shows, we've been really delving into God a lot and talking about goodness, talking about grace, and talking about. You know all you know all the things that get us off the show feeling uplifted. Well, yes. the other side of that is evil, and you know you know the saying that the greatest trick the devil ever played was pretending he didn't exist. So it, it kind of gets into that mode where you talk about good, you talk about good, but you don't acknowledge that evil exists. So today is the acknowledgement that evil exists, that it is walking, and that it rears its ugly head every single chance it gets. I like that. Start off with the, with the alphabet boys. And i like to give a shout-out to the law enforcement that do the right thing, the law enforcement that really do protect and serve, the law enforcement that risk and give it all to run into buildings when other people are running yeah, out. yeah. To, to hunt down rapists and murderers and child abductors. I mean, a lot of our public service workers, especially in, in the um, police kind of industry of it, are excellent, and they, they save lives every day. So I want to give a shout-out to them. But having said that, growing up, to us, the villains were the alphabet boys. So whatever that, whatever acronym your local police station went by, you know, they were kind of, uh, you know, ours was RPD, which was Richmond Police Department. And, you know, you heard the songs. It was NYPD. It was LAPD. It was FBI. It was um, ATF. It was CIA. Every single branch of something. Now, before I jump in, I, also, I want to point this out. Another stigma that's put into the black community is about military service. And we are pushed into the route that we should not, as black people, want to be a part of the military. While I could point out things like, you know, the death rate of those in Afghanistan compared to the death rate of those in Chicago, hint, hint, you have a better chance of living in Afghanistan than you do of living in Chicago. I'm not going to point. I'm not going to point that out. Oh. I, yeah, you know what I'm saying? Just saying that makes my brain go like bonkers, and I forgot the point. Like, you are safer in Afghanistan than you are in Chicago. Oh. Like, does that need to sink in for anybody other than me? Okay. Well, well, what we're taught is that 
you not as blacks, you're not supposed to um want to go into the military. Well, if you look at the ranks of all of the alphabet boys, all the legit alphabet boys, majority of them have military service. So they go into the military, then they come out of the military, they go into CIA, they go into a um FBI, they go into ATF, they go into the local police departments, they go into homeland security. These are the people that government issues weapons to. Why are black people among the only ranks of people who should not join this force? Do you ever wonder why they don't want you to be trained in referee and know how to um, protect and defend yourself and not to know the importance of, of having a weapon, keeping a weapon, and defending those around you in your community and whatever whatever defense you were meant to, um, to hold up? Why is it that it's just for black people that this spectrum is not, is not open to and warranted? And so that was always a point about my about the alphabet boys, especially for the black community that I wanted to point out, that they tell you not to go in the military when the real positions of power in this country are held by people who used to be in the military. So maybe the disconnect between you getting into an actual position of power is you not understanding the humility of service and actually giving back to your country and then having your country reward you for it. So just to throw that out there about the good alphabet boys and and their rank and role in um and um and I guess our upbringing so to speak our urban upbringing, but what we have now is the is the criminal alphabet boys, and they are the ones that are wreaking all the havoc right now. Now I simplified it by saying this is the basic three groups because I, I put it this way. Out of these three groups, everybody knows somebody in one of these groups. So if you know somebody in one of these groups, in one of these groups, then the basic laws of physics still apply to all of them. So the first group, uh, you have the KKK. This is not just the KKK. This is any white supremacist groups that think that you know. And mine, I always go back to Helter Skelter with the Manson. And the whole idea behind Helter Skelter was that this great race war was going to come and that blacks were going to win, but we were going to be too ignorant to rule once we won. And then those chosen few white people who follow Manson would come and take over all of us because we would be too stupid to rule over ourselves. So... Anyone that believes in any shape, form, or philosophy that 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 determines that the color of your white skin makes you perfect and that your blue eyes somehow enhances your um, appeal to the world or that your blonde hair somehow puts you in a magical category all your own. And if you have all of these things, white skin, blue eyes, and blonde hair, that you are somehow the perfect human being, if you believe any of that, then you fall into the column of KKK. Now, the second one is the MSB, is the Muslim Suicide Bomber, okay? Now, this is not just for the one who straps a bomb to his back and goes and blows up something. This is also for a coward that can go to a marathon, set a bomb by the feet of an 8-year-old boy, and then walk away like a coward to have it blow up. 
These are also people that like to fly airplanes into buildings or drive boats into U.S. Navy tankers or blow up nightclubs because you happen to think that American might be inside. Any of these, any of these would fall under the category of a Muslim suicide bomber. Now, the last court category is one that I borrowed from Larry Elder and his um, book, uh, Black Man, How to Play the Race Card and Lose. He calls, uh, he calls the generation of today the bitch, moaners, and whiners. And <laughs> shout this out to Larry Elder. Yes, yeah, shout out. To, I, love, I love Larry Elder. The bitch, so moaners, and whiners are anyone who says it's not their fault that their life is so bad. And usually this comes in the color of a variety of black people. So these are your gangbangers, these are your drug dealers, these are your your local thieves and pimps and all of these that nothing is their fault. Everything is somebody else's fault. The boogeyman did it. Society hates them. Their mother wasn't perfect. Their father wasn't there. For whatever reason, they bitch, moan, and whine about every single thing in their life. And while they're at it, they shoot, they kill, they do it discriminately. They do it in front of playgrounds where little kids are playing. They go after people while their children are with them, and then they end up killing the children and not the person that, they, that the murder was intended for. These are the curses of our community, and the funny thing is they come in all colors. They come in all sizes. They come in all shapes because one thing is simple. They are hate. They are they are the the very core and antithesis of hate, and at their core is ignorance. And it is a disease that has been not that they are born with. It is a disease that has been planted into them. And if it wasn't by mommy or daddy, it was by the next adult individual. And which goes back to what we were talking about earlier, you being the one to talk to your kids before someone else can get there to talk to them. But if it's not the mother and father, it's the one adult that is willing to tell them unadulterated, unfiltered truth. And through that magnacosm of truth, they can lay in lies as long as the foundation starts at truth. So you can start with, uh, a young white guy who was brought up in a trailer park, who mom is on drugs, he's never met his dad, he has no influences in his life, and along comes a uh, skinhead such and such that says, hey, you know, this is this way, your life is bad, this is not good, which is a basis of truth, all things that are true. Now they insert the lies. This is why. Because black people are alive, your life sucks. Because Jews exist, your life sucks. Because people practice Catholicism, your life sucks. It's always the lie that comes in. But the first part is the foundation. So for all three groups, you have to have the foundation. And the foundation is poverty. If you look at each one of these um, socioeconomic groups, at the bottom of every group is poverty. These are where the recruits are plucked 
because you already have people who are distrustful. You already have people who are fearful. You already have people who have been hurt, who have been abused, who have been abandoned. So you go to this crop of poverty-stricken people, and you pluck out the most vulnerable, and you tell them that it is someone else's fault. So for the bitch boners and whiners, it's the government's fault. It's the Republicans' fault. It's conservatives' fault. It's the white man's fault. For the suicide bombers, it's Jews' fault. It's America's fault. It's always somebody else's fault. So they never, ever, ever have to look at their own leadership. And that is the most integral part of all of this, the thread of their leadership. Each one of their leadership has the same exact qualities. And this is so funny. If you if you really think about it, these are the people that don't have to hate. These are the people at the top, the leadership, that don't have to hate. They don't have to distrust. They don't have to fear because they are in positions of power. The reason that they do is because their positions of power depend upon the poverty-stricken being fearful, being distrustful, being scared, being afraid, because in that way they will forever have a crop that they can pick from. They will always be able to stay in their position of power as long as they have people that they can go to and insert lies into the foundation of truth. But if you take a look at where they pick their crop from, they don't pick their crop out of their own backyard. You see, because they don't live in poverty. The leadership of all of these groups, they don't live in poverty. The leadership are rich. So the head of the KKK, you might not know he's the head of a KKK because he also is mayor of the city. You don't know that a bitch boner and whiner is that because he is the head of a church. You don't know that a, a Muslim suicide bomber is such because he's running a division of care here in the United States of America. So they, all the leaderships, they find the need to cloak themselves. They don't put themselves out there as haters. They don't put themselves out there as bigoted people. They put themselves out there as normal people. And then they go and pluck other people to do their dirty work. While they sit up high and look down low complaining about the problems that they see, they're continuously plucking people to make sure there are more problems so that they can have more things to talk about as they sit up on their empirical perch looking down. And if you look at it with the civil rights movement and the bitch, and the bitch moaners and whiners, if, if something happens, you have them ready to come out with an excuse. Look, look at the liberal media of today. If something happens with a Muslim suicide bomber, look how quick they are to say, but he had a rough childhood. For each scenario, in every single category, you get someone that is willing to validate the hate, to say that it is acceptable because of this condition or that condition, or it is acceptable because this person had a really, really bad childhood. When the truth is they're being played by their leadership from the top. 
And every time their leadership starts to lose a bit of power, they go and they pluck someone out of poverty and they say, now you go and dance for me. And something blows up. And someone does, someone dies, death comes, poverty reigns, and they keep their positions of power because they always have something to complain about. Get them, Sally. They never, ever, ever have to have to look at their people in the eye and say, well, you can't eat today, and that's my fault. They never, ever have to take responsibilities for your failure. Now, I'm going to throw this twist in there. Say I give you the respect of every KKK member having the ability to believe he can hate me because of the color of my skin. Every black um, every bitch moaner and whiner can say that because slavery once existed in America, they have the right to go out and murder as, at, at free will. But every Muslim suicide person who says, well, American boots are still in in um, in Saudi Arabia, so, you know, the war must go on. Say I validate that. And say I give that all to these groups, and they have every right to do it. And their leadership has every right to say that they are justified in their actions. Suppose I give that all away. The truth of the matter is, when does your condition change under this leadership? While they can keep on telling you who is at fault, while they can keep on telling you who is to blame, when does your condition ever change? Because... If this is your leadership and nothing happens to change, then maybe your leadership cannot beat the people who are to blame for your condition and you need new leadership. And maybe under that new leadership, you will learn new tactics, tactics that don't involve hate, fear, distrust, and massive ignorance. But then again, I'm an optimist, so that could just be my point of view. But if if your leadership is failing, your conditions never change, then maybe the person to blame is stronger than your leadership, and you still need to change leadership. All right? I'm just throwing that one out there. But to, to call with it, another aspect of what they do is that they must get the poverty plucked to disguise who they are. They must get them to forget who they are, to hide who they are on the core. And this comes from the instance of having to turn human beings against their own nature. Now, I know that there are some people who are just born crazy, and there are some people who are just born evil. And I I believe that truthfully, but I don't believe most people are born that way. And I think that most people have to be pushed into it or led into it, some more easily than others, and this is not an excuse for any kind of behavior. But to look at it realistically and to look at it in a way that actually gives you a chance to solve it so you look at it with really fresh, just clear eyes with no predisposition, or anything attached to it. We are in a time now where we are being forced. What we were talking about earlier about being on the social internet, on social media, and you put too much personal information. About, I would say about 80% of that information is probably false. 
You know, like that picture of that egg that you made perfectly, you probably got off of somebody else's Instagram. You didn't make it yourself. But it's false. And and we weave it into our foundation, so to speak. I'm trying to I'm trying to build a whole analogy on it. But we weave it into our foundation. Just like you have these these groups do. And the whole point of it is we're not paying attention where the lies are coming from. And I'm not gonna even lie, I just lost my train of thought for a second because I'm I'm being led to say something other than what I had intended to say, and I'm trying to pull myself back on what I intended to say, even though mentally my mind is telling me to keep on going where, <laughs> where AP. Yeah. You feeling me on this? So I'm feeling you. I think so. No. We're at the point. Time. Do do I go with what I plan to say, or do I go where I'm being led? No, if your heart leads you there, you need to go. That's what, I, that's what I always say. I apologize later. <laughs> okay, I'm going to where I need to be led. All right. Then the biggest issue with each one of these groups are not the leadership, and they are not the groups themselves, but they are the communities that allow these groups to fester. Yes. No, sorry. Okay, folks, we lost Sunday. We're going to go to a commercial really, 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 really fast. We'll be right back and listen to the KIRP radio show, 619-638-8559. We're definitely going to bring her back. See, she went with her heart and went off the air. We don't know what happened. We're going to get her back here in just a flash. Stay with us in just a second. As a matter of fact, I'm going to let you guys hear something that Sunny did. It's a piece called Liberville, and I know for a fact that you are going to fall in love with it. Sunny did this some time ago. There's some video with it, and it's called Liberville, where she takes you through a she takes you on a journey through a place called Liberville, and this is where a lot of these people live who don't want to change up their uh, representation, who don't want to look at the people who are so-called leading the neighborhoods and leaving the cities and leading them astray. The same folks that blame all the bills of the society on other people instead of the leadership and the positions that they've been holding for so long. So I want you guys to check this out. It's called Liberville. Sonny Johnson holding it down. Can we get it queued up here in a second while we try to get Sonny back on the air? You're listening to the KIRP radio show, 619-638-8559. Hit number one if you got a comment. Before we queue Liberville up, let's go to a comment right here out of the 252. Uh, 7399 is your last four. You're on the air with Pudgy waiting to get Sonny back. What's up? Hey, what's up, Pudgy? How you doing, buddy? Hey, hey, what's this, Tom? Yeah, this is Tony, man. How are you doing? Tony Stoney. What's up, my brother? How are you? Man, every day is Disney World, man. I'm just happy to be here. Just happy to be here, friend. <laughs> Hold up. <laughs> every day is Disney. Now, that's new. Every day is Disney World. I'm just, I like that. Hey. I got to use that. Well, you know what? People ask me all the time, and you're on my Facebook, so you know I'm pretty upbeat 99.99% of the time. And uh, people sure. ask me every day, so how you doing? I say, uh, excuse me, dog. I say every day is Disney World, and I walk around feeling like Mickey Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm going to steal that. I'm definitely going to steal that. What's on your mind, What is the first time that I've uh, actually uh, called into your show? I mean, in all honesty, I wanted to, to check it out. Like I said, uh, I, 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 I might want to do some advertising with you, but I wanted to see what you did. And I actually love your format. I've, I've enjoyed it. I, I listened to the first part to do with your Facebook and Twitter stuff, and 
and uh, you know, and, and, and enjoyed that. Uh, and then now listening to the young lady speak as she speaks, she's a very well-spoken young lady. And uh, I, I actually uh, I agree with a lot of things she says. There's a couple of different things that obviously uh, that I respectfully uh, disagree with. Uh, not to say disagree with, maybe just think a little bit on a, on a different line. Um, and, uh, and I do so in a very respectful way. Uh, but, uh, I feel like, uh, you know, she was making a little bit of comments toward, uh, you know, about the military and, and stuff like that. And as far as, and, and I want your listeners to know that I'm definitely speaking from an outside perspective because you and I are friends. We're from the same town, you know, we're on face that type of stuff. But, uh, just in case they can't tell from this little country accent, I'm white as, white as can be. Not blue-eyed though, but white as, white as can be. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, I, 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 I do a lot of motivational speaking and I don't speak to white people or black people or Spanish people or Japanese people or Asian or whatever. Uh, you know, my, my, uh, uh, what, what I enjoy doing is just uplifting anybody and trying to get them to a, a, a better, uh, better, better life, a better attitude, a better disposition and stuff like that. And, um, you know, I would say that if I was speaking to young men, uh, especially young black men, I wouldn't feel that military was the route. I would say, in all honesty, that uh, more than the military, you know, teaching them about the power of guns and this and everything else would be the power of education or the power of, like, owning their own business. You know, I respect, you know, anyone, you know, male, female, black, white, Spanish, or whatever, that, uh, like yourself, that goes out and just does the job, doesn't look for excuses because, you know, as you all from here, you can make excuses or you can make money, but you can't do the both of them. And, you know, you, you, know, you speak as, as, as a black man. You could have had every excuse in the world that any other black man could have had. But to defy the odds, you said, hey, I'm going to take and grab my, you know, grab the bull by the horns. I'm going to take my life into my own hands, and this is what I'm going to do. And then look at what you've accomplished since then. And I believe that anyone in America – has that opportunity. Now, I do think that there's things that hold us back from time to time. Sometimes that may be, depending on your area, the color of skin, or it may be the sex you are, or it may be uh, your age. Um, you know, there's several different factors. But at the end of the day, at the, at the end of the day, I feel like it's the individual, if the desire is there and the want is there, then that is uh, that's all they have to do is... is is want it bad enough, and then work for it, um, and do it, you know, and we speak of, like, the groups she was talking about, like, the KKK, I think that's, the, what, what an idiotic group, you, you know, I mean, I don't see any group of hate that, that should operate, uh, and I don't understand it, but, uh, and I, and I, but I don't like, you know, from, from a, a white perspective, you know, I don't. I don't think that there's much difference between the KKK and some of the Spanish groups that are out there, or the Asian groups that are out there, or the black groups that are out there. Uh, I feel like one is just as bad as the other, and they all suck. I mean, really. Um, but, uh, but, you know, I, uh, I just, you know, I, I, I talk a message of love. You know, to me, I don't. Uh, you know, you, again, going back to people can get on my Facebook and and uh, and and see the person I am and that type of stuff. You know, I, I come from a mixed family. My family looks like a big old bowl of M and M's. Um, so <laughs> that might be my, yeah. my my viewpoint is the way it is because I do have white, I do have black, I do have Spanish, and I have a very mixed family. 
So I'm open to to all of that, and I appreciate what we all bring to the table, man. I mean, honestly, I, I appreciate. I think we all bring something to the table, and we should be willing to learn, you know, from each other. And uh, I think we should uh, concentrate on, you know, speaking the good into our young people, and not so much like, you know, you need to get get out of high school, go to the military, learn about guns, because if you're going to be in power. Blah, blah, blah. I don't think the people in power know anything about guns. I think the most intelligent people in the planet have never shot a gun. That's my personal opinion. I think, you know, I think the most intelligent, most powerful people on the planet know more about books than they do about bullets. And that's where I think that our young people should stay. Black, white, male, female, whatever, that type of stuff. Well, the only the only thing I would say about that is the only reason that people can study the books that the way they do is because there are men with bullets. All right, the only reason that you have the freedom to research science in a format where you can own the patent is because we have a U.S. military that holds that right in place for you. And the whole point that I was making was not to say that as a black man, you should go into the military. What I was saying was that it is preached to us that as blacks, it should not be an option. And I was just saying, why is it that these, the military leads to these positions, but for you, it is not an option. And that was the whole point of it. Those who are fit to go out and to be entrepreneurs, I I fully push them to be entrepreneurs. Those who want to go into medicine, I fully push them to go into medicine. But there are some amongst us that need discipline. There are some amongst us that need brotherhood. There are some amongst us that, that need a sense of belonging. And those things can be found in our military. And as for any and that goes for any race. And and I think that military service should be honored as an option in the black community just as much as honored in any other community as an option. You know, oh, and and you. that was the point I was making. It wasn't to say that you should direct all blacks into the military. It's to say that if if they're not finding entrepreneurial skills, if if they are stuck on the streets of Chicago, living in your basement. Not there is no chance for a job. There is no chance for a future. Then send them to the military. And oh, that I agree. Absolutely. Is something that is something that I, I fully stand behind and and truthfully say it. And secondly, the whole point of me bringing these three groups up was to say that they are exactly alike. All of them are exactly alike. They're all hate. They're all evil. They just have different boogeymen to blame. And you can add in the Spanish group, and you can add in any, I mean, you know, South Vietnamese groups. You can add in so many groups. But I was just using these three as the basics because most people in America can say that they know one person from one of these three groups. So right. that was to kind of personalize it why I chose these groups and, and put them at the top of it. But like you said, any other group that aspires to any of these principles of fear, distrust, anger, and ignorance, hate and ignorance, any group that espouses that, any group that picks people out of poverty to lead them into that life, that is to me is the definition of evil. 
And it Absolutely. doesn't matter the color. It doesn't matter the shape, size, religion. None of that, the socioeconomic status, none of that matters. Because at the root, at the core, is just pure hate. And that hate will always exist. That hate will always be there. It is not, it is no way you can get away with, uh, away from it. From the beginning of time, it has been there. So it will always be there. And the point is, can we... Can we seek it out? Can we spot it? Can we challenge it? And can we defeat it? And we can do none of those things if we don't first acknowledge that it is there, see its similarities, see how it works in each each situation, and then come up with a strategy to defeat it. And it's going to take more than just talking love. It's going to take actually bringing light onto hate. And as they say, in days like this, telling the truth is it, it can be more dangerous than, you know, any other crime. Well, I, I want you to know that I definitely appreciate your uh, enthusiasm, your compassion, and the, the way you speak. I think that, uh, that that you you're on a good track. You have a, you have a definitely have a good heart, and 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 uh, I, I feel where you're going. And uh, hey, you know what? You got a good point, and I look forward to uh, to, to listening to more Clinton Miller shows and, uh, and, and being a little bit more part of it. I, I ain't got nothing but love for you guys. I just want to let y'all know that. But uh, thank you, Pudgy, for the opportunity. Thank you, young lady, you know, for your opinion. Hey, number love and, for you too. Uh, Tell them where you're from, Tony. Tell them where you're from, baby. Hey, I'm from Wilson, North Carolina, man. Wilson, North Carolina. <laughs> yes, sir. Opportunity, man. My name is Tony Bassford, um, and uh, I'm from Wilson, North Carolina. I represent a, a company called Secret, S E A C R E T. And uh, in all honesty, uh, when we're not on the airways, I want to, to get together, and, and I'm thinking maybe uh, do some advertising with you and your show and that type of stuff. And, and again, I do appreciate. Just thank you for the opportunity, and uh, I can guarantee you guys that I'll tune back in. Thank you all for the chance. Got it. It's Tony from Wilson, man. Shout out to Secret coming through, showing us some love. Challenges Sunny like that. Sunny went away. She came back. It was like Ali in the fifth, and he shoots a jab. Oh, he's staggering. And then you know that was really a couple boxes, man. I, I can't help. But um, Sunny, what happened to you, man? I look. I say the devil is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, the devil is a lie. You start you start speaking and all of a sudden the mic cut off. I ain't got no answer for that. You can answer that one. There's nothing we can say about that at all, man. Let's pay some bills and we'll come right back. I got some questions to ask you about the alphabet boys. Jesus said the alphabet boys been controlling my life, something like that. I forgot that line, but we'll be right back after these messages, folks. You're rocking with Pudgy at NC Pudgy on Twitter, at KRP Radio Shows, the show's Twitter also. And at NC, I'm sorry, at Sonny Johnson, that's Sonny's Twitter, so make sure you hit her up, hit us up, let us know what you think. Um, any comments you got about the show or complaints, you can send them to at Sonny Johnson, S-O-N-N-I-E Johnson on Twitter. No I'm kidding. KRP Radio at gmail.com or hit up Blog Talk, man. They get enough complaints about us already, but they better fix the things that they got wrong with this show. And a uh, shout out to the CEO of Blog Talk who sent us a letter to let us know he was definitely handling his business. And uh, fix 
to some of the problems that they have with Blog Talk. And I, I really thought that was pretty huge for the CEO to send that letter to uh, a host of us. So we're going to play Liberville right quick, man. Three minutes. I want you guys to hear this. This is a piece that Sonny did, and uh, it's amazing. Check out our YouTube. Sonny, what's your YouTube? Oh, I couldn't even tell you. <laughs> man, look him up on YouTube, man. Sonny Johnson, Sonny with an O-S-O-N-N-I-E on YouTube. You'll find it. Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, you can do that. Crazy like, I'm going to tell y'all a little something about my homie, right? This shit, Sonny, man. I don't know how y'all going to take it, man. I mean, did she say that? That's what she probably going to say. It's going to be like, yo, did you say that? A trip through Liberalville. Come with me on a trip through Liberalville. Call it what you may. The ghetto, the hood, the block, the trap is nothing more than the outcome of liberal policy. If the Negro in the ghetto must eternally be fed by the hand that pushes him into the ghetto, he'll never have the strength to get out of the ghetto. That's Carter Woodson, and it's the premise for this article. Now, when most people think about Liberalville, called by one of the aforementioned nicknames, they think drugs, crime, trash, and desperation, low-grade public housing, limited job opportunities, and no chance at a quality education. They just forget to look at the equation. People plus liberal politics equals total degeneration. You need a better tour guide. What's really there, the liberals had. People of all faiths, colors, and creeds, all with a basic need to belong. See, it's the same song from 8 Tracks, the Wax CD, the iPod. Living in liberal world is hard. Or is it? Let me tell you what I see when you remove the democratic elite. I see the poets. Feelings into verbs, action into words. A revolution has occurred in modern-day storytelling. His wit is hard to defeat. His desire makes it hard to compete, but his skill stays on mixtapes and side streets because we find value in the industry. I see the artist, a vision in his head, bigger than any paper or pad, graffiti formed on walls, and it's sad. We find no value in the art that he shares. So it stays in Liberalville halls instead of on museum walls. His property values continue to fall. I see the pastor. Broken and remade, no longer weighed down by past mistakes, saved and enraged. Those around him continue to fade from God's glory to government shade in an attempt to be made into what our Savior already promised. I see the banker. Never stepped foot out of Liberalville still. The boy can convert euros to yen and back to dollars again, accounting for inflation and taxation trapped in a situation where he doesn't understand the value of his instant computation. I see the politician on a mission to stand in opposition to anyone who would change the rules halfway through the game. He can rev up the folks, folks and gather the vote, but it's a shame. He has no power or desire until shots are fired and the people need someone to blame. I see the lawyer. Not court, but street-appointed masters of defense. Not bar, but street associates of common sense. In a pinch, he can play name that crime. He can list the charges, guess the verdict, and predict prison time. Dirty hands and deeds protected by a brilliant mind. I see the social worker. Two kids of her own, two of her brothers, never doing for self, always for others. I shudder to feel such a back-breaking weight. Low funds, short supply, and empty plates, and a support system that says, wait, fall a little further, then we'll save the day. I see the psychiatrist. Oh, she may be whacked out, she may seem, but for free she'll break down your dreams whether you asked her to or not. She spots those who pass with a swift kick in the ass and says, hold up, not so fast. Your mom did it and so did I. The answer to your problem is not getting high. It's doing more than just getting by. I see a promise. 
I see a possibility, a promise and a possibility with a capital P and potentially the only salvation for our community. K-I-R-P Radio! It's the same way he did when he was in high school. After school, he practiced, then he went to the gym. This is what he wants. This is the life he chose. And if you want it, you have to work hard to keep it and keep on going with it. So I believe he will come back. And when he do, I'm going to be at the Bull Center cheering for my baby. yourself a superstar that's for other people to say and you don't come out the south side without a few people having your back Chicago is my home my love it's our time this is a story about my family my team my roots This is a story of D. Rose. And this is only the beginning. Switching to Geico really save you 15% or more on car insurance? Did the little piggy cry wee, wee, wee all the way home? Wee! Wee, wee, wee! 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 Yeah? You're home. Oh, cool. Thanks, Mrs. A. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. It is my mission to create brand stories for you that push the envelope, force people to stop, think, and take notice. Ride with you on your journey to success by creating great design that makes you look like the originator and not an imitator. Get you out of your comfort zone, inspire you to take action, be risky, and always stay true to your passion. Tiffany Inc. is located in Los Angeles, California. Tiffany Inc. specializes in designs, creative brands for the entertainment, fashion, beauty, and food industry. Some past and present clients include Jill Osco, J&K Fresh LLC, celebrity chef Nikki Shaw, teen and family producer Doreen Spencer, the National Association of Veterans, the Alzheimer's Association, and a host of fantastic others. To contact Tiffany Inc., all you have to do is log on to www.tiffanywithaniinc.com. TiffanyInc.com See, this is what's good about First Amendment, where you got a right to laugh. You got a right to have your own feelings and opinions. I'm a Republican that supported, voted for, campaign, raised money, do everything, and still gonna help and support President Obama, because he's the best man for the job. Because Barack was so powerful that he can win a Nobel Peace Prize based on what he gonna do. Not-
back. Welcome back. Welcome back to the KLP Radio Show. That, that threw me off a little bit, Sonny, but you know it is what it is. Shout out to Cheryl Underwood, man. B.I.G. in my book. Check it out. She's on Twitter also. Ask Cheryl Underwood, one of the legends in comedy right there, and that was real funny what she said. But, Sonny, you know what I heard? And I don't know how true it is, but I heard that the, uh, the commission asked for the Nobel Peace Commission as for their Nobel Peace Prize back. <laughs> Whatever. No, I'm serious. I'm, well, I, don't, I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even serious. waste my breath discussing that. I, I mean, we, I mean, <laughs> we're at the point in history where we have a president that <laughs> that doesn't mind droning American citizens um, all over the world. You know, but won't call, you know, uh, the killing of our ambassadors in Benghazi terrorism. So I'm, like, at the point now where even anything that has to do with foreign policy is laughable to me, especially. No, let me tell you what makes it laughable to me. What makes it laughable laughable to me is reports that, you know, um, Israel bombed Syria uh, Friday. And they flew over Damascus, which is Syria's capital, for over an hour over their capital. Mm-hmm. And nothing happened to their plane. Yet the one reason we can do nothing about Syria is because they have such a, 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 a forcible and, um, anti-aircraft defense system. And basically Israel just showed us, uh, no, they don't. And we still have a president that says, well, we're thinking about the situation. Actually, in all actuality, I say let them fight. You know, whoever wins, wins. It's their country. We can't go over and dictate to them how to live. If they want to live in the Stone Age, then let them live in the Stone Age. I ain't got no problem with that as long as I'm not forced to live under it. But, hey, let them fight amongst themselves and, and see how it comes out in the end. Well, you know what I think? I have no thought on that. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm serious, isn't it? I was sitting there and I was going like I like to I like to teach my daughter something new. So we were going back and we were um read about Nebuchadnezzar and um and his empire. Oh. The yeah, uh, yeah, Assyrians yeah. and everything. And we were going back and so me and her we was going back through history and we were reading about all of these people and it hit me. I showed her a map of today, and I showed her a map of, it was, what, 619 B.C. The same wars they were fighting in 619 B.C. is the exact same war that they are fighting today. It's the exact same war, and people wondering why. I mean, come on. They, they have been fighting over it. They will forever fight over it until God puts it into it. That is what the Middle East looks like. It's, it's no change in that. And I, I don't understand why history doesn't bear that out for anybody who's listening. Well, they're going to fight to the end. I mean, it's yeah. written. It's, it's written, you know, I, I don't know if people like that or not, but they're going to be fighting to the end. Um, I think the major part is for us is, is who are we going to be? Who you with? <laughs> are we going to be with the good side or are we going to be with the bad side? Look, 10 minutes, shout-outs. I got one shout-out here. Um, Tracy Bigson wants a shout-out. Lieutenant Dan, 
shout out to the lieutenant governor. That's my main man. Dan Forrest, man, a guy that we went hard for, got him elected. Thank God we got him elected to help keep some folks honest. And I don't care who gets mad about that. Too bad. Shout out to Dan Forrest, man. B.I.G. shout out. That's a good guy. Shout out to you also, Tracy Finks, and always holding it down. Love you, baby. Always doing the B.I.G. things out there. Always working hard. Love people like that, man. You guys are, you guys are huge. Uh, also, got to give a shout-out to Charlotte Holder. Happy birthday, Charlotte. Yay! Happy birthday to Charlotte, our very own Charlotte from Try Super Saver and StretchingYourBudget.com. Charlotte always comes on here at 8.15. Show us a little bit of love. Teach us how to save some money. And if I sound like I'm out of breath, you probably heard me hacking during the commercial when I was lifting weights and I got choked on some water. And, you know, that's just me. So, uh, shout-out to Halls. <laughs> also, give a shout-out to my man Rashad Woods and Loving Father Society. I love being a black father. We got T-shirts. Finally, it's sunny. These T-shirts are off the hook. Have you seen them? The yeah, I saw, on, um, so saw it on your strange. Facebook today. So why don't you oh, shout your it. Facebook out? Yeah, shout out to my Facebook. Yeah, check it out. Facebook, KRP Radio Show. You'll see it out there, man. Shout out to I Love Being a Black Father. Everybody, 336 Promotions. Who, who, who are doing a, a wonderful job with us, helping us out. Shout out to Angie Hall, man. She's going hard for us. I really appreciate you. And she's got a back-to-school event coming up. It's been huge, man. She's been uh, giving school supplies to like 800 kids from, I don't know, you know, whatever, back when. She's just doing big out there. So shout out to you. And uh, let's see who else we got here. We got uh shout out to SOS, uh, Saving Arm Road Services, Patriot Printing. Shout out to Adidas and the D-Rose 3s, man. I wish we had D-Rose coming back, but we don't. Sonny D. Rose loves his hometown, Chicago. He's going to be mad with us about that. But, you know, shout out to D. Rose. He knows what it is. Even in, his, even, even in his commercial, he was like, you can't come out of the south side unless you have someone yeah. to get out. You know? <laughs> so you know he acknowledges how bad it is. So, how, you know, how would he really be mad? Yeah, that's real, too. Shout out to Chris Stewart, too, my homie from the south side. Chris Stewart was an ill baller, right? Chris that's basketball player for folks who don't know the ill ball and it's just a that's a nice, skillful basketball player. But anyway, Sonny Chris used to tell me that because of the gangs and stuff, right? His he, he used to run home every day from school. He said he would put his book back on because he couldn't ride the bus from where he lived, but it was still a long way. He said he put his book back on, he tightened it up tight, he checked his shoes. He said and when he hit the steps from school, check this out, he would run all the way home. Would not stop, run all the way home till he got inside the door. He said that's how bad it was because he was a good basketball player, different kind of games, wanted them to ride with him, wanted to, you know them, him to be on their side, you know, different people trying to stop him, offer him all sorts of things. He said, so you know what, that was good exercise for me. I, um, you know, when I left the door out of school, I used to run all the way home until I got there. He said, that's why I got so much good win now. So shout out to Chris Stewart who, uh, for telling me that story, man. That was some motivation at the time he was telling me we were um, definitely going through some things. Shout out to Nikki. I love you, baby. Thanks for holding me down in the studio, or at home, rather. Um, shout out to Kevin Daniels, our brother, Kev D. Holding it down, keeping folks honest up there at the mayor's office, man. I'm the mayor's office. Jeez, the governor's office. Probably. Yeah, man, you know, Kevin, he's a busy dude, man, but um, he's slowing down a little bit, so, you know, we appreciate what he does. Try to get this man out here to shoot, play some golf with me. Yeah, we're playing golf, Sonny. What you think about that? Uh, I pass. Pass? Man, you <laughs> I pass. All right. We'll fix that. Wait wait till you get out there. You see how competitive nah, you are. Nah, nah. You, you ain't taking me out of no golf range. You crazy. This I go to the tennis court where y'all go play golf. To the what? See? 
Devo. I be Venus and Serena. Hey, listen, I'm, I'm a tennis fan. I like that. You know, who who wouldn't like Serena Williams? I let her. I let her in tennis in high school, so I got I got some skills. I ain't like it in high school. I played it, but you know, I ain't like it that much. But Serena Williams, whether you like her or not, all the grunting, she changed that sport, man, because she made tennis likable for people who didn't like tennis, who really didn't pay attention. I mean, the way this girl defies the odds. Look at her. Like, she's bulky. She's muscular. That big booty all over the court. The way she <laughs> the ball, 80, 90 miles per hour. I mean, come on. It, it's, that's talented. Like, if if you don't know talent, you know, I, I don't. if you don't see talent in that, I, I don't know what you're looking at. So, you know, it's crazy. So, shout out to Serena, too, man. She's on Twitter. Big B.I.G., shout out to you. Also, give a shout out to uh, Major Dave wants to give a shout out to Maddie Lawson from the Dare from Dare County, who just announced that she is jumping into the race for NCGOP chairman, making it a three-way race with a smiley face. So shout out to Maddie Lawson, man, who's jumping in the race, man. Not I, listen, I support anybody, any regular citizen out there who wants to jump in these races and who wants to hold these positions to do right. As long as you want to do right, I'm feeling you. You got all my support. And Major Dave, I just want you to know that Sonny gives you a shout out because you're like one of her favorite people now. You really did some said some good things last week and she really appreciates that. So do I. So shout out to you, Major Dave, and your campaign and everybody out there who's running some sort of race. Sonny, you got a shout out? Um, I got a shout out for a person I haven't met yet. Uh oh. And and I'm gonna put I'm putting this out in the universe. It's a person I haven't met yet that I'm meant to meet and that I plan on meeting very, very soon. And I'm just putting out there that I'm ready and prepared and, and excited. So that's that's going to be my, my phantom shout-out tonight. And I, I put that out in the universe, and, and when it happens, I'll bring it back and let you know. I like that, man, and, and I just want to say, right before we close the show, I just want to put this out here about the social media thing. Um, we always bring these topics on the show in, in hopes to help somebody. Like, we discuss them, we argue them, you know, we don't hold them personal. We, they mean a lot, but they don't weigh us down. And, you know, we talk about these topics and, and benefit for everybody, not just you, not just our listeners, but for us as well. So I just wanted to say about the social media thing, man, I, I really, really sincerely we want people to know that if you need some sort of help, you know, instead of going to the, the social media blogs and, you know, reach out to somebody. Like, if if you need to see a doctor and you're having these thoughts or visions or these, these crazy intuitions or, or whatever, you know, if you feel like you just can't handle the stress and what may have you, make sure you reach out to somebody who can be of some real beneficial help to you. You know, not just the people on, on social media, man. Make sure you reach out to a doctor or a loved one to get and seek the professional help you might need. Because I will say that in the black community, I know for a fact, in any poor community, let me just go there, in any poor community, people don't seek their help as much as they should seek their help. And a lot of times they bear a heavy burden that they don't have to bear. So shout out to everybody out there listening to the show.